You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode, Jameis Winston lights it up on some preseason Monday night football going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll talk about why even though Sean Payton was non-committal about naming a starting quarterback moving forward at this time, I think the answer to whether or not Jameis Winston did enough is unequivocally yes. Then, unfortunately, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows for the New Orleans Saints and New Orleans Saints fans as Adam Troutman was carted off, but we did get a hopeful update on his injury status. We'll talk about that and what the Saints would have to do at tight end if they ended up missing their second-year guy for any extended period of time. And then we're going to wrap up with more performances to know about from Monday night's action, the good and the bad. We've got it all and much more, of course, on today's episode. And as always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, co-managing editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com and your Tuesday co-host over on the National Lockdown NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. family let's go ahead and kick it off with the big news that you need to know from monday night's matchup between the jacksonville jaguars who visited the new orleans saints going up against them in the caesar superdome the saints would win that game 23 to 21 a score that was much closer than the game actually was during the first half but the score doesn't really matter in the preseason right it's the battles that's what you're watching you're watching the guys that are trying to make the roster that are trying to win roster spots And there is no roster spot under the magnifying glass or under the microscope even uh, as much as the New Orleans Saints quarterback position, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. And today, Monday night, as I record this, it was all Jameis Winston all the time. Went nine of 10 over the course of three possessions through two touchdown passes to Marquez Calloway, 123 yards, no interceptions. And only missed on one pass on a third and long to a dump off, which was the right decision to make to Tony Jones Jr. And unfortunately just missed on that pass. But a near perfect night for Jameis Winston. Again, nine of 10, 123 yards and two touchdowns. Both of those touchdowns going to Marquez Callaway. And we can't give Jameis Winston all the credit because Marquez Callaway made a pair of phenomenal catches. First on a 43-yard touchdown which ended up being a great read by Jameis Winston. Saw the safety and cover three bite down to Deontay Harris, who was running uh, an out route underneath the vertical route that Marquez Calloway was running. And when he saw that safety bite down and saw the outside positioning from the cornerback, he put the pass where only Marquez Calloway had the ability to go and get it. And did he ever go and get it, despite the fact that he was bumped around by uh, you know, their, one of the Jacksonville Jaguars rookie corners, Tyson Campbell, still getting flagged for defensive pass interference. Marquez Callaway was able to still come down with that catch, diving in the end zone. The other play, uh, Jameis Winston pre-snap saw cover zero. Looks like they were sending the house on the third down there. And so he made a change to Marquez Callaway's route, sent him a signal, and Marquez Callaway was able to sprint down the sideline on a mismatch, or at least on a matchup that uh, Jameis Winston thought favored Callaway. He put the pass just on the outside by the pylon, gave Marquez Callaway the opportunity to make a play on that ball, and did he ever. 
uh, again, being hung on to by his defender, ended up making a one-handed catch with his left hand, getting his right knee down before rolling out of bounds. Great ball placement from Jameis Winston, but an even better catch by Marquez Callaway. And those were just the touchdowns. There were several nice plays and several nice completions, a nice out route to Deontay Harris, a nice route as well down the field to Jawan Johnson and many connections with Marquez Callaway, who was running a bit of a Michael Thomas route tree yet again. Marquez Callaway looking like the guy. He had over 100 yards receiving in this one, 104 in this matchup. Now, Jameis Winston wasn't the only quarterback that got snaps, of course. He saw three possessions. Taysom Hill got six possessions, including even starting a couple of possessions in the third quarter. We didn't see Trevor Simeon until nearly the fourth or already into the fourth quarter. During that time, uh, Taysom Hill was 11 of 20 for 138 yards and didn't get a touch and did also throw a touchdown himself, but he was also sacked twice. We saw him again holding on to the ball uh, quite a bit. Again, I'm going to need to see game film, and thankfully I'll have access to that here soon, and we'll be able to take a look at what routes were developing downfield. Was there anywhere for him to go, or did he just hold on to it too long and double hitch his way into pressure? Uh, we did see him extend a couple of plays, get outside the pocket and make some throws downfield, but all in all, just not a polished night for Taysom Hill, who did okay in the two-minute drill. I was sort of talking with Cat Terrell about this from over at The Athletic on Twitter as well. Just no decif- decisiveness, right? doesn't matter who the opponent is or what players are playing around you. If you're looking for traits where you can see somebody be decisive, have conviction with their throws, you saw that from one quarterback, you saw, didn't see that from the other. And unfortunately for Taysom Hill, you didn't see it from Taysom Hill. Now, do I think that Taysom Hill lost the quarterback battle today? No. But do I think that Jameis Winston won the quarterback battle? Absolutely. And that's the way that you wanted this to come down. You wanted this to come down to one of these two quarterbacks winning the battle, not winning it by default because the other one lost it. Sean Payton, of course, after the game, non-committal in terms of naming a starting quarterback at this time or naming a timeline, which again is not surprising. We've heard a couple of conflicting reports so far. Peter King mentioning, as we talked about in yesterday's episode of Locked on Saints in his Football Morning in America uh, article that he put out at the beginning of the week, that the Saints would like to make that decision before the Atlanta, excuse me, before the Arizona Cardinals game, uh, the third preseason game, which is this coming Saturday evening. But then we also got a pregame report by Lisa Salter saying that uh, Sean Payton mentioned that they would like to make that decision before week one. Now, both of those things are before the week one game against the Green Bay Packers. So it doesn't necessarily mean that one of them is wrong, but just the specificity of the timeline right now is a little bit cloudy in terms of when we can expect to see or hear about which one of these quarterbacks is going to be the starter going into the Green Bay Packers game in the Caesar Superdome to open up the 2021 NFL season. One last piece of interesting quarterback news came from the Monday Night Football broadcast. Steve Levy talking about how the New Orleans Saints, they were told that the Saints were getting phone calls about one Ian Book, the fourth-round quarterback they drafted out of Notre Dame. My, 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 how the turntables. After all that time, everybody was making fun of the New Orleans Saints and kind of poking fun at them for drafting Ian Book. Now, all of a sudden, you're learning that potentially teams across the NFL have been making phone calls about the guy. And I don't think that there's anything that any team could offer the New Orleans Saints that would make the Saints actually move on from Ian Book. Because don't forget, Ian Book is the only quarterback right now that's actually under contract for the New Orleans Saints in 2022. So regardless of who gets to start in 2021, you got to be able to get them back. So instead of going into 2022 completely uncertain of what you have at the position, you might as well at least keep the guy that you really, really like. And this organization really, really likes Ian 
book. So as of right now, it's looking like Jameis Winston is in the lead quite a bit, and maybe even not even in the lead. You might even just say he's won the quarterback battle for the New Orleans Saints, but we'll still have to wait to see what the final decision is from the organization, not just the folks that talk about it and write about it. They're the ones that have to make the decision. So we'll see what decision they actually make. No timetable at this time on when they plan to make that decision. But speaking of timetable, we'd love to know what's going on with Adam Troutman. Ended up being carted off of the field with a lower leg injury, looked like a left foot injury of some sort. We did get a little bit of good news from Adam Schefter, but we're going to talk a bit more about that as well as what the Saints do if they lose Adam Troutman for any extended amount of time as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On. Saints. And of course, as always, you can go and check out our good friends over at betonline.ag, our exclusive betting partners here on the Locked On Podcast Network, who have everything that you're looking for, whether it be props, odds, and of course, contests, including a big mega contest that they have going on worth half a million dollars and a $200,000 NFL survival pool that you can get in on as well. And it doesn't stop there. If you go and sign up right now, over at betonline.ag, you get your free account set up. You can get a 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Then you could turn that around to go and check out the big kickoff special that they have for the NFL by using the promo code NFL100. You can go ahead and join in on placing a wager on either the Dallas Cowboys or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to open up the season on Thursday Night Football, September 9th. And if you use that promo code, once again, NFL100, NFL100, you can end up actually getting your wager back if you lose up to $25. So it's risk-free. Go and have a little bit of fun. See if you can win yourself some money with that big contest as well. So go and check them out. Always lots of fun stuff going on over at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Huda Nation, we talked a bunch about the quarterbacks, and of course, we'll continue to dig in a little bit deeper on these guys once I can actually sit down and get an in-depth look, watch the All-22 coaches film, stuff like that. So we'll get more in-depth on Wednesday's episode. As we always promise, we never just want to go with initial reactions. We always want to go with analysis and breaking things down. So we'll get a little bit more into the quarterback battle. But as of right now, in terms of the initial response that you're seeing, Jameis Winston clearly with a big day in New Orleans and doing it under the lights of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, oops, excuse me, of the Caesar Superdome, uh, even more impressive. But one of the big performances and one of the big performers that we were hoping to be able to see really develop in his second year here in New Orleans, much like we've seen Marquez Calloway really uh, come to to blossom here over the course of this offseason is Adam Troutman. And Adam Troutman has had a bit of a, a weird offseason so far, not super involved in the offense as a pass catcher, either in the previous preseason game or even throughout training camp. You do see a couple of targets to him every now and then, particularly looking for him down the seam, things like that, but not getting a ton of attention over the course of the offseason. Well, on Monday night during an early portion of the game, he was actually carted off the field. He had his left shoe off. His foot looked to be bandaged, and he was also holding on to the foot as well as they were driving away. Well, a bit of a scare to see that for Saints fans, and I'm sure the New Orleans Saints organization as well. A lot of expectations around the second year tight end out of Dayton. Uh, but we did get an update from Adam Schefter, who tweeted Saints tight end Adam Troutman, who was carted off on Monday night, scheduled to undergo an MRI on his foot on Tuesday. Today, if you're listening on Tuesday, tomorrow, if you're listening tonight, 
uh, per source. Initial x-rays Monday night were negative, but Troutman was still experiencing mild pain. So all told, this is a pretty positive, initially positive report coming out about Adam Troutman, but really want to wait and see what the MRI says as opposed to just the x-rays. But negative x-rays are a good sign. So now we'll just have to see what the MRI says. Hopefully no soft tissue damage. Hopefully nothing that's going to keep him out for an extended amount of time. And maybe somehow he just ends up with pain in his foot for the next few days, maybe the next couple of weeks, and then is ready to go week one. We'll have to see, though, uh, how it all plays out. But what do the New Orleans Saints do at tight end if they lose Adam Troutman? Well, the only tight ends they have on the roster behind Troutman are, of course, the newly converted tight end, former wide receiver Jawan Johnson, who had another nice day out on the field on Monday night. You also have Nick Vanette, the free agent signing over the course of the offseason, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks and the uh, Denver Broncos. is a bit more of a blocker than he is a pass catcher. They've got Garrett Griffin, also a bit more of a blocker than a pass catcher, and Ethan Wolf, who has shown a propensity for a little bit of both over the course of his time working with second and third teams, mostly third teams. Could he be somebody now that gets an opportunity to maybe move up into a third spot competing more directly with Garrett Griffin, perhaps, if Adam Troutman isn't ready to go at the beginning of the season, which again, we don't know. I don't want to assume the worst, but they should be prepared for the worst, right? Assume uh, assume that you're going to have to do something here. Now, if Jameis Winston does end up getting the starting role, as I think many of us expect after the Monday night performance, then of course you get Taysom Hill back in his offensive role being utilized as an offensive weapon. And so he becomes another potential tight end for you, even though the blocking assignments at his slimmed down frame, which is really just more of a redistributed frame than a slimmed down frame, might end up going the wayside a little bit. So you still look at some of those other guys like Juwan Johnson, who's an excellent blocker, Nick Vanette, Garrett Griffin, who are excellent blockers as well. I took the liberty of looking for some free agent tight ends that might still be out there. Of course, uh, you know, some of some of these guys that are out there like Tyler Eifert, you don't know how much are still left in the gas tank there. Trey Burton, a little bit undersized for what the New Orleans Saints usually like at the tight end position. But there are some tight ends that are out there that already have some ties to New Orleans. Cole Wick, who was a player that opted out of last season along with Jason Vanderlaan, who's also a free agent at the moment. Both of those guys available could potentially end up making a return to the New Orleans Saints. Dion Yelder, who was, uh, you know, one of the guys that we really liked as an undrafted free agent out of Western Kentucky a couple of years ago, spent some time with the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, a little bit undersized for what the New Orleans Saints usually like for a tight end. But if you're looking to just bring somebody in for training camp to kind of hold over until Adam Troutman's ready to get started, assuming he can be ready for the beginning of the season in that case, then maybe not bad to bring somebody back that you're familiar with. And then, of course, the Saints could also bring back a recent addition that they just moved on from as they were trying to make some space to sign some uh, veteran safeties, bringing back Natrell Jamerson, signing Alger Grossas, as well as Jeff Heath, that veteran safety I was talking about. But they ended up moving on from Josh Peterson, uh, the uh, tight end out of UL Monroe, of course, son of Doug Peterson, who used to coach the Philadelphia Eagles, formerly the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. They could potentially reunite with him after uh, just briefly having moved on from him or just recently having moved on from him, maybe keep that a brief period and bring back the tight end who is already starting to learn the ropes with the New Orleans Saints. So there's a couple of options out there. You have some on the team. Taysom Hill having an offensive role certainly helps you quite a bit. And then you have the guys that are available and that the team might be familiar enough with that they could bring back as well to just kind of keep in the rotation. But the silver lining here is that the x-rays were negative. Hope to see the same thing from the MRIs and to get Adam Troutman back quickly. That 
that that tight end room just became completely depleted over the course of the offseason. Jared Cook heading to Los Angeles with the Chargers, Josh Hill headed to Detroit and then retiring. So really, Adam Trotman was the guy that you banked on and saying, all right, those guys are going to go. We're going to hang on to we're okay because we've got Adam Troutman. Now, do you have Adam Troutman? We'll see what the MRI has to say. And of course, you have all of the big question marks going on around the uh, wide receiver position as well. You know, you got Marquez Calloway, but who else steps up? Were there any receivers that did themselves any favors? What about any other positions around this New Orleans Saints team that helped themselves out during that Monday night preseason game against the Jacksonville Jaguars? That's what's next on the list for us as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. You're trying to answer a lot of questions, and I got to tell you, I always have a lot of questions when it comes to my car. I always have to go to these stores, these shops around the corner that upsell me on a bunch of other stuff that I don't actually need when really I just want to get rid of the weird, you know, screaming timing belt noise or something like that. Then they upcharge me on all the parts that I need and then have me do all this other stuff that I Anyway, I don't want to deal with any of that anymore, so I just go and check out my friends over at rockauto.com. You can find any answer that you need out there over at rockauto.com because they have all the parts, pieces, and accessories that you might be looking for for any car, truck, or vehicle that you drive. All you got to do is put in your make, your model, as well as the item that you're looking for, of course, the year of your vehicle as well. They're going to give you several options, all at varying prices and oftentimes much more uh, reasonable than the prices that you're going to find at those chain stores. You're not getting cheap parts. You're just getting the same parts for a cheaper price. And that's a very key difference. And one of the reasons why I love rockauto.com. So go and check them out. Don't forget to let them know that Locked On, since you were writing Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section, amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Let's get it. Huda Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Took a look at some of the other performances going on around the New Orleans Saints Monday night matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the first thing I want to do is point out the New Orleans Saints defensive line. Let's start with a positive here. I was thinking about if I should mention Jalen Dalton, who had a sack. Should I mention Albert Huggins, who had a sack? Should I mention Marcus Davenport, who got some pressures? Carl Granderson, Tano Passigno, who got some pressures and got into the backfield as well? And the answer is yes. I'm going to talk about all of them. We also saw David Onyemata do this again to where he was in this preseason game into the third quarter of this game late in the third quarter. He might have actually also been in in the fourth quarter, if I remember correctly. But anyway, played very late into this game. This defensive line was really, really coming after Trevor Lawrence earlier in the game. And I had an interesting question to where somebody said, Ross, should we be concerned that the New Orleans Saints at that time that the person had tweeted me? Uh, only have one sack. They would finish the game with two sacks, Albert Huggins and Jalen Dalton. And I mentioned, no, no, don't be concerned about that because not only are you rotating defensive linemen, but the other team is also rotating offensive linemen, which usually doesn't happen in a game. You have that pass rush, that relentless pass rush that the New Orleans Saints had at the very beginning of this matchup against Jacksonville. And then you get to the third or even fourth quarter where the Saints have continued to rotate and put pressure on the same offensive line that's not rotating and is starting to get fatigued. And all of a sudden you see those sack numbers go up. So don't be discouraged by that when you've got a bunch of fresh players going up against a bunch of fresh players every quarter, as opposed to the usual wear you down over the course of time approach that the New Orleans Saints defensive line rotation will take. I want to mention as well, because I know that you hate it slash love it. 
uh, you know, Dennis Allen's fire blitz and then dropping one of those defensive uh, defensive tackles into coverage. It happened tonight to where you had Jalen Dalton in coverage on former New Orleans Saint Divina Zigbo, and he ended up getting a stop over there. So, hey, that just speaks more towards Jalen Dalton's potential as a, uh, a fantastic player. Oh, and I do want to mention uh, Christian Ringo as well, who had a handful of pressures. So, you or not a handful, but he had a couple of pressures. So, I think that this team did a re- has done a really great job on the defensive line. We'll see what it's like when they're going up against a, maybe a more formidable offensive line as they get started with the season against the Green Bay Packers, but so far so good on a unit that I thought was going to be uh, potentially threatening to be the weakest unit on this uh, 2021 New Orleans Saints squad. All right, so that defensive line unit is on its way up, but not everybody is so fortunate. Kevin White, the wide receiver of the New Orleans Saints signed, former first round selection, seventh overall selection uh, out of West Virginia, had some really nice camp days, some nice practice days with the New Orleans Saints in the facility, but unfortunately got under the lights up against the Jacksonville Jaguars and dropped two passes that went his way. And look, I I think the Saints should give him another shot. I don't think that they should kind of you know, just move on from him because if you want to move on from him, who are you moving on to in that case? But anyway, when it comes down to it, give the guy another shot, but I don't think he did himself any favors. Uh, but we did see the New Orleans Saints look at a guy like Lord Jordan Humphrey, who yes, caught a touchdown pass in the, in the first preseason game, but struggled a little bit with some drops and, you know, inability to play up to his frame, play up to his size on some contested catch situations struggle a bit throughout camp. And then he ended up coming out on Monday night and having a great game. So maybe you'll see that from Kevin White, hopefully, if he gets another shot with this team. Again, six foot three, you just can't teach size and he's definitely got it. But I don't want to just cut the conversation short when it comes to little Jordan Humphrey and his six foot four self. I mean, he had himself a nice game too, because little Jordan Humphrey has done something consistently that I think we should credit him more on and that we should be talking about more is his ability as a yards after catch guy. If he can get the ball in his hands, he consistently creates a bit more after the catch than maybe you expect he'll be able to. You think about him as being, you know, the six foot six, six foot four, 220 plus type guy that's going to go up there and fight for the ball. Sometimes he's actually not as successful doing that, but if you can get the ball in his hands, then all of a sudden he's spinning off of tackles, he's fighting through contact, and he's picking up some extra yardage for you. So if the Saints can get the Marquez Callaway that showed up at the beginning uh, of the year here, the one that showed up for this Jacksonville game and even the beginning of that Baltimore game. You get that guy week one, you get a little Jordan Humphrey that can continue to create after the catch week one. We'll see what happens with Deontay Harris. Remember the PJ Williams suspension for a similar uh, situation that uh, Deontay Harris had in July. P.J. Williams' arrest took place in January, and he didn't get suspended until October. So we don't know what the real timeline is going to be for a guy like uh, uh, Deontay Harris, who had this happen in July. So if he ends up being out there week one, then all of a sudden you have a wide receiver core that if they're performing up to the scheme, then all of a sudden you're feeling pretty good about them. Now, do they erase Michael Thomas? No, of course not. Michael Thomas is the eraser. But if you get Michael Thomas back and you still have a healthy Marquez Calloway, look out because I'm very, very excited about that. All right, let's do one more negative here and one more positive. Uh, I do have to give a couple of injury updates really quickly though, because these all kind of tie in. Uh, Brian Mills, the newly signed cornerback out of uh, North Carolina Central had an injury. He was down on the field and then was helped off on that same play. Bryce Thompson, the undrafted free agent, safety slash corner, let's just call him a defensive back, 
out of Tennessee, was also injured. On the offensive side, you also saw an injury to the guy that I want to talk about here, Ethan Greenidge. Ethan Greenidge struggled quite a bit in the last game. He also got beat inside during this game and then also has the injury. Hopefully, the injury isn't something that ends up keeping him out for an extended amount of time. But if you're evaluating just the performance, he's been somebody who has struggled, and that's not isolated to just this season. So as the New Orleans Saints look to build some reliable depth on their offensive line, Ethan Greenidge is somebody that's looking to slowly move his way out of the favor of the New Orleans Saints, who certainly have uh, liked him a ton in the past. And one other up that I have to talk about here, somebody else that really raised their stock and that we already know about quite a bit. Um, Aldrick Rosas missed a point after, but did drill a 52-yard field goal. Not the same type of inconsistency coming from the other boot on this team. And Blake Gillikin, who had a 63-yard absolute hammer, just a dinger of a punt out there. This guy is remarkable. There's no no wonder why the New Orleans Saints stashed him away last season on injured reserve. Uh, so the Saints are in good hands right now when it comes to the special teams unit. They're still making sure to get some opportunities, make sure that they're getting some guys out there. Kevin White actually performed pretty well on some special teams plays. We also saw Winton McManus get out there. He had an interception in this game. And then he made a couple of different plays and then had some nice special teams plays as well. So you saw that, you know, you could see sort of special teams all come together for the New Orleans Saints as they give a lot of guys some opportunities there. And uh, real quick, actually, just to close out this linebacker room, we've talked about it before. It was a big concern coming into 2021. It felt like now all of a sudden it's a big time strength. If you include Winton McManus at the bottom of the roster, the bottom of the depth chart right now, if you look at the top, it's you know, Quan Alexander, Demario Davis, Zach Bond, Caden Ellis. You got Pete Werner in there that we haven't seen him in action yet. And then the the bottom three guys, quote unquote, are definitely uh, Chase Hansen, Andrew Dowell, as well as uh, Winton McManus, who were all kind of competing for spots. But I think that, you know, the Saints will keep six. So one of those two guys will stick with New Orleans. But I wouldn't be surprised if the other two still end up on a 53-man roster elsewhere as the rest of the NFL looks for linebacker depth. And the New Orleans Saints have been cultivating it. And just a big time shout out to Michael Hodges, linebacker coach for the New Orleans Saints, who has made a big difference in that linebacker room, even after, after already having uh, a successful coach there in Mike Nolan. But Michael Hodges has done a great job picking up where Mike Nolan left off. All right, y'all, we are not done talking about the Monday night win for the New Orleans Saints in the preseason. We still have so much more to discuss. We're going to dig in deeper, take a look at coverages, what was going on, take a look at the film and break that down for you in tomorrow's episode, and then continue to keep you up to date with everything going around, going on around the quarterback conversation, competition, and decision uh, pending for the New Orleans Saints. And of course, we'll turn our eyes to Saturday night's opponent, the Arizona Cardinals, and take a look ahead at that as well here all throughout the week. So thank you very much, as always, for being here for another exciting week at Locked on Saints. Much more on the way. Now that you're done here and you've done making me your first listen, thank you very much for that. Make sure you take on your second listen by going on and making yourself some money with the Locked on Bets podcast as well. As always, y'all, thank you very much for coming through. You can find me for everything in between on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.